eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. I'm a veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer. So during the initial stages of the COVID-19 outbreak, my doctors advised me to stay at home. But now, a little more than a year later, I'm fully vaccinated and I've rejoined society. But I'm still continuing this podcast when I'm calling the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who I've met throughout my 30 years in this industry. Plus, this year, I'm going to be calling some people and making new friends. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. So I had a guest lined up for this week's edition of The Life of Fetch. We even delayed a day so that I could accommodate their schedule. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. More on that later at GoPowerCat.com. So I had to come up with someone very quickly. And what I liked about the previous guest was it was really timely. And then my guy Ryan Wallace at GoPowerCat said, hey, hit up Cody Cook. And I said, that is a great you-know-what idea. Man, Cody Cook. You remember him. He's a former K-State football player, the guy that was a receiver that came in to play quarterback in 2015 and ended up being a pretty good quarterback and started the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas. K-State lost, but still, Cody Cook was a warrior. Always has been. He came out of Lewisburg, Kansas, kind of just south of Kansas City, and he went to play at Hutchison Community College as a quarterback, but then he became a receiver who became a quarterback. And then he came to Kansas State as a walk-on, as a receiver that might play quarterback, then just a receiver, and he ended up playing quarterback. I think you see a trend here. Well, he's back at Hutch. I don't know if you knew that. He is now the wide receivers coach for the Blue Dragons. And, oh, by the way, junior college played a spring football season this year because of COVID and Hutchison won the national title. Now settling into his young football coaching career, he is now married to Kylie Smith, Michael Smith's daughter. That's right, former Kansas State player and coach. And now let's give a call to Cody Cook in Hutchison, Kansas. Hello. Hey, Cody. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. First of all, I guess we should start with congratulations. That's pretty damn cool, national title. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Is it, 
it was a great run considering everything we've been through with COVID and, you know, just a balancing act of junior college in general. It was, a, it was a great run. It was good to go out on top. Yeah. How weird was it to play a season in the spring? It was really, it was really weird. You know, we we lost a couple kids in the fall that, uh, you know, that one, we sent someone to Ole Miss that we thought was going to be with us in the fall that we ended up not having. So we lost a couple key pieces. And then just playing in the spring in general, it was it was weird. It was different. You know, you, you're watching everybody go to camps and everything, and you're playing football. So it was definitely different. So now you have to regroup and get ready for a fall season? Yes. So we'll get we'll get rolling. We'll have our mini camp in July. We'll have fall camp, you know, going into August, and we'll start this September. But uh, I think I think it's good for us to have that quick turnaround. The kids are excited, you know, coming off the national championship. Everybody's urgent to get back in the building when you win. So <laughs> might as well might as well ride the wave a little bit. Everyone else is like, "Well, this sucks," and Hutch is like, "Yeah, let's do this again." <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're we're ready to roll. It'll be t- good to get some time off in June and you know, get away from the facility and relax. But we're, I, I think we're excited. I think we're ready to hit the ground running. Had a good recruiting class, so we're ready for September. So, hold on. You had to do all your recruiting while in season. Basically, finish it up? Pretty much, pretty much. So, we did we did a lot of that, you know, um, in October and through that November, December, into January. But there's a couple key pieces we got coming that we're still recruiting for this coming class. Um in the summer and in the spring. So it, it was a difficult, you know, balancing act, but we, we got it taken care of. So take me through the playoff run, uh, how it all worked out for you guys. Uh, well, we just, you know, we started off, we started off hot against Coffeeville and Butler and had a couple good, you know, wins to start the season off. And we started, we just kind of kept the momentum the whole time. You know, we played, it's really good football down here in the Jayhawk conference for anybody who knows about, you know, Kansas Juco's, it's not easy. You know, a lot of people compare it to, you know, playing to the S- in the SEC. And, you know, you got those type of caliber kids coming out of here all the time and power five kids. So it's a brutal schedule. You know, it's there's good competition. So to go through that unscathed and then go play a really good snow team in the national championship, you know, it, I think it says a lot about our coaching staff and a lot about our players. It, it was it was tough, but it, it was exciting, man. It was exciting. That's really cool, man. Um, what's it like to be back at Hutch? You played there. You came to K-State. We got a lot of football to talk about, but um, is it does it kind of feel like going back to your old high school or something? You know what I mean? It's It's got to be a little surreal being on the other side as a coach. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is. It, it's very surreal because it's kind of, you know, where my career all kind of started with the stuff that happened at K-State, you know, switching from receiver and going to quarterback, that's kind of what happened at Hutch. So it all kind of started at Hutch for me. So to come back and come back to Mama Monitor and, you know, win a national championship, it was, it's, it's crazy. It's exciting, but it's definitely a pride aspect to it too. You know, you coach a little harder, you try to get a little more out of your kids and you try to bring a little bit of that history and background to what's currently going on and just kind of teach them, you know, everything that's happened before them and why we are the way we are and why, you know, we push them so hard because we want to get over that hump and we, we finally got over the hump this year. Well, your circumstance of being a receiver pushed to play quarterback in an emergency situation seems like something that would happen once in a lifetime to someone. 
And yet mm-hmm. <laughs> you did it twice, both at Hutch and in Kansas State. Dude, it's you know, just weird. Yeah, it, it was. It was. But, uh, I mean, you know, Coach Snyder always talks about next play, 1-0, you know, being ready. And if you take that mindset, you know, preparing for your whole career, I guess that, you know, it prepared me for that. And it's 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 crazy that it happened twice. You know, like you said, you think it happened once, but the, the, it happened twice. And that that's is crazy. But it was fine. And, and how – Tell people how that came about at Hutch the first time, because it's even a cooler story if you ask me. It, it's it's storybook, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it just you know, you get in, you get to, you're a Kansas kid, and you come from small town, and you get you go to Hutchinson Community College, which is the top five at that time, top five powerhouse, you know, junior college in the country, and you know, I I felt like I could play quarterback coming out of high school at that level, but you know, you get there and you're sitting behind someone who's got you know, like Elliot offered a 16 division one offers and I think he had an offer from Kansas state and you're just, you're kind of, you know, you kind of see the writing on the wall. So I, I knew I could, I knew I was athletic enough to play the receiver position that I had coach Tommy Mangino kind of help me make that transition. You know, Mark had just got done with at KU. So they were kind of viewing me as like a Carrie Myers situation. And, um, you know, I, they, that's the role that he kind of put me in. I just, you know, I embraced it and I ran with it my freshman year. Um, had a good year, good spring. They moved me back to the quarterback position in the spring, and I was the starter, and I'm feeling really good about myself. And then, you know, the old days, how junior college worked, they get that bounce back. He comes in, and, you know, <laughs> that that's just kind of you got to take bite the bullet on that mm-hmm. one. And Luke Barnes came in, and he, he was super talented, really good quarterback. And uh, they felt with what he could do at quarterback and what I could bring it to the team as a, you know, another slot receiver that it was kind of the best of both worlds. And, you know, Luke played really well all year, played hard. Um, and, you know, I just kind of went through that season as a receiver not really expecting much. And then when he went down in that bowl game, you know, they just, they kind of turned to me and were like, Cody, you're up. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what right now? I'm going to quarterback. So, you know, I think I only practiced quarterback one time that whole year, that whole fall. So to go in and, you know, have the, the game that I did and that kind of helped propel me to get to Kansas State, kind of helped me get recognition to get there with Coach Demo coming in and, you know, uh, kind of recruiting me and saying, hey, we got, you might get a scholarship, but it's going to be in a year. You know, is that something you're interested in? And, you know, me being a uh, Kansas kid and being a huge Kansas State fan growing up and wanting to play for Coach Snyder, I said, it was it was an easy it was an easy answer. I had some FCS stuff FCS stuff going on, but I mean it was a no brainer for me. Um, and went to Kansas State, and the rest was history. But the crazy thing for me now, as you know, as an adult looking back at it, is the person who actually like signed off on me to come to Kansas State is now my father in law. That's <laughs> so, crazy. And then and then he leaves literally right before I get there. And so it was and then I end up my last ever game at Kansas State. I end up playing him in a bowl game and now I'm married to his daughter. So I mean the whole the whole situation the, those five, six, seven years was it was just crazy. And it was it's something I'll never forget. Oh, so many topics. Uh, just to fill people in, you are Michael Smith's son-in-law, which is pretty cool. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that because I got questions about that. Uh, but w- when they call on you at Hutch to go into quarterback, wasn't there a backup quarterback? I mean, what's that poor guy doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, Slater McVay, who's one of my great friends still today. Um, he was the backup quarterback. 
for that time. And he was, I don't, it was a, it was, you know, it's kind of awkward to say the least because you're, 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 you're great friends with that person and, you know, you want them to succeed just as much as, you know, you want to succeed, especially in junior college because everybody's trying to get recruited. Everybody's trying to make it out. Um, but he, I mean, and we embraced in the locker room and, uh, he, he wanted the best for me and it, and he knew it was tough and I knew it was tough, but he encouraged me and embraced it. And we just, I just ran with it, you know, going in to that second quarter and on through halftime and to the end of the game. But it was, it was awkward, but I mean, it was, he Slater handled it well and was very supportive and he's still one of my best friends today. And you're being pretty humble because you absolutely helped the, the team light it up in the second half of that game. Was that just surreal? <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I think one of the news reporters asked me, you know, how do you have chemistry with these guys? And I think my answer was spring ball <laughs> because that was, the, that was the only time I'd ever thrown to Miguel and AJ. So, you know, working with them, just understanding where they were going to be at and how they were going to get there just from talking about how we were going to run our routes as receivers, I think that helped a lot. But spring ball was the only real time I ever had with him, so that just made it even even crazier. That is nuts. I mean, I can't I can't imagine uh, how challenging was it to come in a quarterback. I mean, you obviously know the plays as a receiver, but the muscle memory, if you want to say it that way, I mean, you're doing a whole different job, right? I I, I kind of think you know growing up is something that it I've kind of always kind of had that I play I pitched and played baseball and, you know, played shortstop. So those kind of arm angles and throws and then playing quarterback in high school, it's like riding a bike, man. Once, you, once you've done it for so long, it never really leaves you. So it was once you kind of get – you shake the nerves off a little bit and you're just kind of – you get hit for that first time, I think that all kinds of go, goes away and then you just kind of start processing information and you try to do it as fast as possible. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it's something that ever really left me, but – it that first those first couple plays it's definitely you know you're like I'm I'm back here behind the center I'm touching the ball every play again so it's it's kind of surreal I think the first first or second snap went through my hands and bounced bounced off my helmet and I had to throw it away so it was it was, it was different but you know once I kind of calmed the nerves and got my bearings back I, I was ready to go. Then you come to K State and after you redshirted right. Yes, sir. And then you start to settle in at receiver and start carving out a pretty good niche with the offense. Um, at what point during that season uh, did they say, hey, we might need you at quarterback a little bit? Um, I think it was week It was week four. We had a bye week, week four, coming off of Louisiana Tech. And, uh, you know, Coach Snyder, when they had brought me in originally, you know, they, we had Daniel Sams and we had Jake, and uh, they were kind of trying to find – you know, ways to get me and Daniel on the field more as like a wildcat quarterback and kind of that role. But then Jake, you know, Jake did what he did. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks K-State's ever had. Um, he did. He had an amazing career there. And it, you kind of, again, you go back to seeing the writing on the wall. You're like, so how do I get on the field? Well, you know, you get ready to play receiver. But they had brought me in to be the wildcat a wildcat guy. And then so week four comes around. And they're like, okay, well, we need a little wrinkle for Oklahoma State. Um, let's let's let work Cody at the wildcat position, and then he can also be the backup because you know if Joe goes down, what are we going to do? And thank God we did that because you know, you know unfortunately Joe goes down. I think it was the first drive, and we were uh, typical Coach Snyder. He was prepared. We were ready for it, and uh, we just we just kept moving. You know, didn't miss a stride, just didn't miss a beat. 
And so you, you played the last two games of the, the 2015 season, if I recall. Uh, and then you start the bowl game, um, as you mentioned, against Arkansas, where Smitty was now coaching. Mm-hmm. Dude, is someone writing a script that's your life? It's kind of weird. <laughs> it, it it definitely kind of feel it definitely kind of felt that way, you know. I mean, I had never I never got a chance to meet uh, Coach Smith before. Um, Smitty now, my father in law. I never had never got a chance to meet him. He just kind of gave Dana the okay, like yeah, I'd take him. I'll take him as a walk on. And uh, so I never got a chance to meet him. I remember getting on the bus and. He's uh, is me and Coach Coleman are walking to the bus, and he's like, "Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Coach Smith. You know, I was at K State before. You know, Coach Coleman got there. He's like, tell Andre I taught him everything he knows. So I basically <laughs> coached you. And then he gets on the bus, and Andre's like, "What did he say?" So just to just to have that happen, and then to play him in the bowl game, and you know, and then you know, a couple years later, I'm getting ready to marry his daughter. So it's just. It's it's like you said, it feels like someone's writing a story, but it's it's crazy to me because there's so many connections, so many different things have happened in my life to get me to this point that it definitely feels that way. So had you met Kylie at that point? When did you I have her? not. Uh, I actually met her at a at a the uh Texas football game in two thousand and seventeen, I think it was. It had to have been twenty seventeen. That's when we first met. We met at the at the football game down there. I traveled down there with a couple of teammates to watch us play in Austin, and we met. And uh, you know, the rest was history. That's crazy, man. That's that's crazy. Um, I, and I take it all is going well in Hutch. Yes, all all is well. All is well. We just enjoyed our first year of marriage, and uh, got a lot of big plans coming up. So we're excited with where we're at. You know, she's used to being around football, so she. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's everything you could possibly want, so it's it's exciting. We got a lot of big things getting ready to happen, and we're excited about our future. Okay, so Smitty's one of my favorite former players, but what's he like as a father-in-law? What's he like as a father-in-law? Yeah. I, I, he's very. He's got a lot of you know great insight on, on the field, off the field. You know how to handle certain situations, and he's definitely mentored me. Um, but he's also he's super fun to be around. You know, like he's he's the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna bring the energy all the time, and it's just it's been surreal. It's been super exciting. I wouldn't want anyone else to be my father-in-law. How often does he remind you that he was a badass receiver? <laughs> that probably comes up about once every other conversation. I had to, I had to check him one time. I said, "Hey, man," I said, "I play quarterback and receiver," and then he hits me with, "I play in the league," and I don't, I don't have anything for that. But, <laughs> but he, he definitely reminds me all the time about how they, they built the program. But, you know, you can't argue with it. So, just embrace it. He was someone that I looked up to growing up when I was a huge K State fan. So. I, I definitely I wouldn't want anyone else to be my father-in-law for sure. Yeah, he's such a a perfect K-State story. I mean, a guy that came to K-State as a walk-on, almost left. Coach Snyder talked him into staying and being part of the foundation, and just had a remarkable career. Just was just went and got every ball. It was incredible to watch him play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what what coaching philosophies have you started to apply now that your career is underway? What what kind of things do you try to guide the young men you're working with with? I th- I think it's super important to to kind of grab from a little bit of everybody that I've been a, you know been a part of. I think uh, first and foremost it starts with you know it's cliche but it's so true and it works. So why why break away from it? You know Coach Snyder's method of detail 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 attention and detail 
you know, we're getting better every day or we're getting worse. That kind of one and no mindset. I preach that day in and day out. Like there's no off days. It's, it's, it's a constant grind. It's a constant film session. You know, you're learning and you're always paying attention to the little things, trying to find something that's going to get you over the top. And then, um, I, I think I get my intensity intensity from coach, from coach Coleman. Um, that was definitely someone who, you know, my playing days at K-State, he, he, constantly forced me to raise the bar and uh, just how tough he coached me and how hard he was on me, but also had the ability to relate to me. I think it learned a lot. I learned a lot from him and just kind of how to, you know, get the most out of your players by being tough on them and never let almost never letting off the gas, but also understanding that, you know, it's more than the football. And he did a really good job with that with me. And he's, I, I really take a lot from him and a lot from coach Snyder on when I when I teach my guys about detail and discipline and also just being able to relate to the guys and this Smitty has taught me a lot you know it's t- same same as Dre about how it's you know it's more than it's more than football there's a life outside of football and it's very important to be able to relate to these kids and understand that and know that you know they got they're dealing with just as much as you you are if not more and you gotta you gotta remember that when you step into a meeting room or when you step on the practice field, but also keep that intensity. So, I think those are the three people that I draw from the most. Um, I love talking football with those guys, but also just life, and that's kind of my philosophy. Is a little bit of little bit of everything. That's a good balance of philosophies right there. It really is, and it's interesting that they're all rooted in in Bill Snyder, but they kind of took their own things away from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what was it? I could ask a ton of guys this, but I'm I'm always curious the answer. What was it like to play for Coach Snyder? Well, first and foremost for me is you know it's just a dream come true. But the real thing is once you get there, you just real you realize that Coach. Every time you felt like Coach was just kind of you felt like you were a number, he would do something, and you were just like ah, <laughs> he's on top of everything. He still got it. Like he's still on top of everything. So I, I just to be around someone who so detailed it just rubs off on you naturally and you you see it apply to your life and you don't even realize you're doing it until you take a step back and like I just recently after winning you take a step back and you realize how far you come and you realize how much you know that man has had on your life as far as the impact goes and it's it's crazy to think about and I tell my guys all the time because you see a lot of coaches they they'll get frustrated and they'll get, they'll yell. And I, I tell my guys all the time, the reason I try to be so calm with them is I don't think coach Snyder ever yelled at me, which was crazy. If you hear the the old war stories from the guys from the nineties and stuff, but uh, I don't, I don't think coach Snyder ever, ever, ever like really yelled at me. Um, he was just always cool, calm and collected and always very, you know, on point. So that, that in itself was crazy to me that you can be, a man that literally built the program into what it is today a national and was a national recognized name and a powerhouse and still, you know, have the humility to just be able to talk to young men and constantly relate to them. I, I think that was the most impressive thing about coach. You talk about a guy who evolved and learned Snyder 1.0 and Snyder 2.0, still the great coach, but a little bit different approaches, as you mentioned. And some of that was the rules changing where you could, be on the practice field a lot less. I'm sure Smitty's told you about how often mm-hmm. they practiced. It was kind of absurd. Oh yeah, yeah. Coach was still going to try to stretch it, but yep. he definitely, he definitely found a way to keep it, you know, keep it within the rules. But we were definitely going to stretch it. Every every detail was exhausted. Hey, 
Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. So you've always wanted to coach, haven't you? I have. I have. Uh, once I kind of got to K-State, that's when it kind of solidified it for me that, you know, I wanted to be a coach. Again, being around Coach Snyder and then Coach Coleman really left a big impression on me. And I, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do after I got done playing. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, talk to me. Talk to me about the process of ending up back at Hutch. I know you were there, and then you left, and you came back. And uh, what all led up to where you're at now? Uh, just when I when I got down here in uh, 2017, um, I was I was a retained earnings guy, which for those who don't know, means I'm making about six thousand dollars a year. Hmm. So I was back on that the JUCO grind, you know, and. Uh, just kind of going through that and learning that learning experience and having to grind again taught me a lot. Um, I learned a lot being a tight ends coach. Um, I learned a lot about the run game and stuff that I didn't know. So that kind of helped me in that regard. And then in 2018, I decided to go back to Mill Valley. Um, I was dating Kylie at the time and she was in Kansas city. So it was a, it was a better move for me and eventually what will become my family and just to be close to her, but also to be able to make more of a living, um, so I did that and coached at Mill Valley, which is a great program. Um, Joel Appleby runs a great program over there. They just won back-to-back state championships. And uh, two of my really good friends coach over there, Zach McFall and uh, Terrell Johnson. So it was good to be back with them and coach with them for a year. And then Hutch had an opening the following year, and I, I knew that I wanted to be a college football coach. I knew that high school for me was, was temporary. And, uh, you know, I talked to Kylie about it and she was okay with it. She's like, it's, you know, it'll be a year and I'll be out of school. So let's do it. And we did it. And it was, it's been awesome. It's been everything I wanted and I'm ready to, you know, continue to progress forward. But that's kind of how it happened. They just had an opening and, um, I got a phone call from coach Rhodes and was like, do you want to come back and be the receiver guy? And I was, (laughs) I didn't even hesitate. I already knew when he was calling me what my answer was going to be. So it was exciting. That's cool, man. That's that's really cool stuff. And I assume 
you're on the path now. I mean, it's not an easy path. It can mean a lot of moving and um, you, you were wise to pick a bride who understood that, that <laughs> yeah. could involve moving. But um, is it, uh, is it a little bit scary as you look forward and think about all the, all the chance things that could happen to set you forward or set you back? I mean, you, you when you're a coach, so much is out of your control and let, and yet some of it is in your control. Did that all make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our motto that we live by in our room and one of my mentors had taught me was just, you know, be where your feet are at and then control what you can control. And that's what I preach to my guys. So if I'm going to preach it, I feel like i got to live it. Um, control what you can control. You know, you can only do, like you said, you can only control so little. So you just got to trust the plan that God has with you and just be where your feet are at and be, be consistent and try to find ways to grow and develop. And when your time comes and when your number's called, just be ready. Just like football, just like a lot of my experiences from moving the quarterback to receiver, it all, it all applies and it all applies to my career choice. You know, you just got to stay ready, stay positive. And it's, it's easy to stay positive right now. You know, we're the best in the country at what we do and uh, just continue to grow. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's gotta be, Unbelievable at your point because you're getting this this combined two seasons in I don't know six months or nine months is almost like boot camp for coaching. It's it's got to be incredible all the stuff you're getting packed in here in this short time period. Mm-hmm. This month this month of June will be much needed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. But I, you know, you wouldn't have it any other way. No one wants to. No one wants to go through a true off season of six months where you're hitting each other the whole time. So it's exciting to be able to hit somebody else again in two months and continue to, you know, get ready for a season. But it'll it'll be a grind for sure. But college football is a grind, so we're ready for it. We're built for it. Okay, and so we're excited about it. Tell me about the top players Hutch had this year and where they're headed. So we, the top players, we got to actually have a lot of our guys coming back, That's which good. is going to be, it's going to be a blessing for us. Um, we just sent Jeremy Spragans. He's going to Maryland. Um, he was a top, I think he was the number one or two middle linebacker in the country. The kid, he's from Baltimore. So he's going home. Great linebacker, great kid. Um, did an amazing thing in the locker room on Saturday to motivate our guys to get them ready for the second half. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm kind of losing my voice right. from the game, but, um, yeah, he's a, he's a great kid. Uh, Roe Torrance is headed to the University of Auburn. I think he just committed the other day. Um, kid from Alabama, big corner, long corner, rangy kid. Um, watching him develop and grow up through the program uh, has been amazing. Coach Mo Gray has done a great job with him. And uh, he'll be exciting to watch on, on Saturday in the SEC. And then Caleb Coleman will be somebody that um, K-State will, and, you know, former alumni will have to watch and watch out for. He's headed to West Virginia, um, 6'2", 190 corner, free safety out of uh, Alabama as well. Um, that's another kid. He got here as a, a late qualifier. Um, we didn't really know what we were going to get with him, but the kid is he's super energetic. He's, he's a hard worker. He's a grinder. He put 20 pounds on, you know, in the fall throughout our off season and uh, everything he's gotten, he's worked for and he deserves, and he's going to be exciting to watch at West Virginia for four years. Very cool. Um, this next topic is really timely. I mean, you're at the junior college ranks and all of college sports just changed dramatically with this transfer portal. And now that they've thrown it wide open where kids can transfer um, and 
not have to sit out at all. What's that? How's that impact junior college football? Uh, I mean, it impacted us right away pretty pretty hard, actually. Um, a lot of those guys that we normally would get, the bounce-back kids, they've uh, they've been able, fortunate enough for them, you know, being at that level, understanding everything. Like, P, you want to go P5, you want to stay D1. That's, you know, you wish the best for the kid. But it definitely impacted us initially. Um, but we're starting to find our avenues and starting to bounce back a little bit and get get our kids that we normally get again. But initially the first couple months, it, I mean, it was tough because you're, you're sitting having phone conversations with people and you're, you're back to almost like you're recruiting a high school kid where it's, you know, you're, you're plan B or you're waiting on them to see what they're going to do. And I think that's always the tough part because you're waiting on them. You're, you're praying for them that they make it. You're hoping that they make it. And at the same time, you're like, gosh, we need this kid bad. So it, it's kind of, you know, you kind of go back and forth on it, but I think it will balance itself out yeah. moving forward. It, it always does. And it all, it's already kind of started. I don't know how long we'll see that, you know, for Alabama to go into Ohio state's backyard and Tennessee's backyard and take kids. I, I don't know how long we'll, we'll see the portal the way it is. Yeah. It's It's really intriguing. I mean, coach Kleiman's already said he, probably going to set aside about 10 scholarships a year for transfer kids. Uh, I I discussed at gopowercat.com. There's a basketball coach that said he's done recruiting high school kids. He's going to just use the portal. And it's just crazy. I I don't know how you can run a program and go all into the portal. It doesn't seem like you'd ever have any foundation to what you're doing. It it is crazy. It is crazy. And I'll say, I'll say this, just my personal stance, just looking at, you know, what we went through this past year, you know, I, I think it's hard to eliminate the portal completely, that, and I understand that. But some of the, you know, you, you can't miss on kids like this junior college kids. These kids are hungry. You know, they're determined. You know, a lot of them got that dog mentality to them. And, you know, I'd, I would hate hate to see a lot of good programs, you know, miss on kids because they're living on it, kids in the portal. And then a lot of these FCS schools that have been offering our kids, they're going to come in. They're going to get a steal on a kid that normally – would end up going P five or better or a group of five or something like that because you know where they're living in the portal. So you know for the, the programs that live in the portal, uh, they, you know don't sleep on the junior college kids because those kids you know they're hungry, they're determined, and they got that mentality that could change a program. And I think it speaks for itself when you look at schools like Kansas State and what Coach Shiner did with the Michael Bishops and the Quincy Morgans of the world. And you know it's it's pretty it speaks for itself. You know the proof is in the pudding. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't forget about that part of it just because the portals opened up. It's incredible to me because over the course of the past twenty-five years or whatever you want to, you know, set as a time frame, Coach Snyder took junior college recruiting and proved that you could win at the highest level with it because it was kind of uh, forbidden. You know, not by rule, but just kind of by attitude. You shouldn't, you know, there's something wrong with a kid at junior college. It was the general theory in the 80s, 90s. And he proved, no, no, that's not not at all true. We can play at the highest level with these guys and sustain it. And then everyone got into the junior college ranks. I mean, you saw, mm-hmm. you, you could see Alabama and, and anyone uh, looking at junior college players. And now they're kind of looking away. And I almost wonder if someone won't be savvy enough to look back into the junior college and realize, there's a lot of kids here 
that are missing out on opportunities because nobody's looking at junior college. It's it's a it's a Snyder thing. You just wait long enough, it's all going to come back around. Whether it's the run or the pass, or in this case, <laughs> how you're recruiting junior college. I, I think yep. some someone's going to, if they stay committed to junior college football, is going to get a steal on a lot of talent. I I do too. I do too. And there's a, there's a lot of steals sitting, you know, not only in Hutch but all over the country right now. The that those junior college kids they're they're talented and they have you know they almost they want it more sometimes just because of the background and where they come from and what they have to go through. So I definitely would not forget about us. Okay. Let's go back to your playing career. Cause I'm just, I'm still blown away by it. I mean, here you are a receiver and then uh, you play a little bit against Oklahoma state. You play really well, but the team loses. And then you um, go into the regular season game against West Virginia, K state, you guys got to win to get to a bowl game and you just go off in that game. And, and uh, I love this. I, I, until I'm just looking at your bio, um, you had a 77-yard touchdown pass, Deontay Burton. It was mm-hmm. one of, I think, at the time, the 12th longest pass in school history. But that came after your first offensive play, which was your own rushing touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. what? What are you just going to go into a college football game and just make the shit look easy? I mean, is that what you were doing? <laughs> You're just saying, like, this stuff's easy, man. I can throw passes. I can run. Heck, I can do it all. It's it's amazing, Cody. It's really incredible. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, you just you go you go into it with the mindset of just. I always joke with my dad, and my dad would always joke with me. Like I, he's like, "Son, I've never seen you get nervous," and <laughs> and I just I try to find a way to stay calm, and whatever can get me to that, that's what I get to. So when you go into it, there are no nerves. You're just you're you're at ease and. At that point, for me, it was kind of like, you know, you got nothing to lose. Like, you, you lose, you go home, or you win, and you do what K-State does, and you go to a bowl game, and you keep that tradition. So it's it's win or go home, so you got nothing to lose. And uh, we just kinda, I just kind of took that mindset into it. Um, you know, Deontay played great. You know, one of one of my best friends, and he was my, you know, when we go on the road, he was my roommate. Um, loved it, loved him to death. Uh, he, he played he played great that game. He he made big plays for me consistently, bailed me out a couple of times. So, you know, he, he deserves just as much credit for those plays because he, he played great. But it was it was exciting and you just kinda go into it as like I said, you got nothing to lose, so let's ball and let's go get this dub and let's let's go on to Memphis. Yeah, that two thousand fifteen season was very Coach Snyder. Things didn't go well but he still found a way to win enough games to get to a bowl game. I'm still just mystified how he did it, but he he always seemed to to manage it up until his you know last season. But um, when I remember seeing that it was the Liberty Bowl and it was Arkansas, I'm like, oh, they're they're pretty good, and they were pretty good. Weren't they? <laughs> you know, they were good. You know, good good SEC program story program. They came out. They were physical. Um, you know, we were we were young. A lot of the guys that are playing were young because, you know, Dante Barnett goes down game one. Jesse Ertz goes down game one. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of key injuries at key spots that guys, that if you watch their career after that, they you, they are who they, you know, we thought they were going to be. Like Jesse was a great quarterback. Dante was an all-conference safety three years. So, I mean, those are those are big losses for us. I think Danzel McDaniel went down against Oklahoma State. So you you got a young Duke Shelley who you know had a great career, ended up in the league, but he's a freshman. Kendall Adams is a freshman. Sean Sean is a freshman. Um, so we were just we were young. I think Elijah Lee was a freshman and sophomore. Like we were we were young, and but you saw for years to come the talent that was going to be on that team. You know, for that team the year later to go to Texas Bowl. 
and be in some close games that it could have even maybe even had a better year. So than what they did at nine and four. So, you know, just it was a growing experience for those guys and losing those key parts early on, I think hurt us. But once we kind of started gelling together and figured it out later in the year, you saw what we could have been. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's incredible to think about all those guys were, man, time gets away from me. Uh, all those guys were that young, and, and here we are in 2021. It just seems uh, seems like it wasn't that long ago, but it, it was. Uh, and you're like yeah. 28 now, right? That makes me feel yeah, really 20, old. 20, yeah, you, I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. feel old. Uh, but yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it really does. It just passes so fast. Uh where do you want to go with your coaching? I mean, are some guys really want to be at the highest levels and other guys are like, man, I just want to coach kids. I want to be at high school, junior college, where I'm really impacting lives. What do you, what do you want to do with your coaching? Uh, first and foremost, you just said it. I want to impact lives. I want to be around young men, you know, that they, they have an ambition and, you know, get, get junior college, you know, you get them out of tough situations or they might be there for whatever rhyme or reason. You get to, you get to develop them and, teach them, you know, how to cope with certain things and just get over the hump or just, just kind of help them grow up, you know, and it's, it's exciting. It's fun to be a part of it. Um, but you know, my ambitions, my goals, I want, I want to be a head coach at some, some point in time. Um, and I'd love to be an offensive coordinator, you know, at the power five level like that. I think that's the goal when you step into it is, you know, you always want to shoot high and achieve high and you speak it into existence, you know, and you work hard every day for it. So that's the goal. Um, that's what I want to achieve. I'd love to be back at Kansas State at some point. You know, it'd be it'd be quite an experience to coach for alma mater. Again, I'm doing it right now at Hutch, so to do it at Kansas State would be amazing. Um, that's probably something I want to do at some point. But the goal is, yeah, to be back at the Power Five level. And whenever that happens, it happens. You know, trust God's timing. And like I said, be where your feet are at and continue to grind and get ready for it. And it just ne- coming. Yeah, you just never know when. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. When you look at the bios of some coaches and, uh, you know, just take K-State's coaches now. They had a connection to Chris Kleiman or somehow secondary connection to Chris Kleiman. He ends up at K-State and all of a sudden they go from, you know, FCS to Big 12 football. It's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. And, and mm-hmm. there's so many good coaches out there. I, I remember when Coach Snyder said that, someone asked him about, I think it might have been around 98 when all the coaches were leaving and Coach Stoops was building his program at Oklahoma. And he was kind of like, there's a lot of good coaches out there. A lot of guys you don't know about that are great football coaches. And that stuck with me because I've seen it happen time and time again. You just run into guys in high school level, junior college, and you think, man, this guy's a great coach. And here he is. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to differentiate sometimes what happens, what, why this guy's an NFL head coach and this guy's, you know, doing what he does. It's just so many breaks that are involved in it. Yep. Connections. Um, okay. This is probably the most serious and hard hitting question I've ever asked uh, in my life. Um, oh, okay. So, so strap in, it's going to get it's gonna right. rocky here. Right. Uh, now your yep. father, Jim went to K state and mm-hmm. you have a brother named Connor and you are Cody, but both are spelled with K's. What the yes. hell is going on here? Do, <laughs> do Jim and Anita not know how to spell your names, or were they after something here with with the K's and K-State? Um, I think it was more of the, the K's and KC, the initials matched. My dad always told me the initials matched up with uh, Kansas City. There we go. <laughs> so my dad, uh, he's a Chiefs fan. He actually had season tickets. 
Um, and I'm pretty sure the day I was born, he was at a Kansas City Chiefs Washington Redskins game and had to leave. So that's kind of where that comes from. You know, the initials KC, uh, Kansas City is what I was told, unless there's a deeper meaning that I don't know. Hold on. Your, your dad was at a football game when you were being born. I swear to God, your life's a script. I mean, yeah. what? I'm, I'm, you're going to be president someday. I'm just saying it right now. I don't know how it's going to work out, but something amazing is in uh, the works for Cody Cook. Uh, uh, one final thing, Lewisburg, um, good town mm-hmm. to grow up in. I mean, it looks like I've never been to Lewisburg, but it looks like you get all the benefits of the small town, and then you get to drive to Kansas City whenever you can. You just hit it on the head. You know, it's small town living. Um, you kind of get away from, be away from everything and grow up knowing everybody. But also, you're, I mean, you're 15 minutes away from Overland Park. You're 45 minutes away from from downtown. So it, it's the best of both worlds. That's how I've always put it. Um, and when I was growing up, you know, it was, it was Lewisburg Cider and football. You know, we were a big football town. I think we were 45 and 6 when I was in high school. And before that, we were we were really talented. So it was it was fun. It was exciting. It was definitely the Friday night lights feeling, and it 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 definitely made me fall in love with football because. And I was a baseball player growing up. I thought that's what I was always going to play. Um, I I really did. I thought I was going to be pitching in, in the majors one day. And you know, Lewisburg. I tore my arm up my junior year, and then Lewisburg kind of you know it wears off on you. Small town Friday night football. Everybody's there. If you're gonna rob the bank, you do it on Friday night. <laughs> that type, that type of atmosphere, and it it just kind of sticks with you, and it's propelled me to where I'm at right now. Three A or four A? Four A. Four A. Four A. Middle middle of the middle of the pack. Four A. We're we're not too big, not too small. Man, that's a good sized town to grow up in. Yep, it was. It was fun. Well, brother, I appreciate it. Congratulations on the national title. Um, I hope the ring isn't too gaudy. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you get it before next season. That's going to be that you won't. This is going to be a problem. I'm, I'm worried about this now. You, you you need to have the game where everyone gets their rings, and I'm not sure you'll have them. Um, I, I hope they get that figured out. It'd be nice to put a ring on at some point in the fall. That would, that would be awesome. I can't wait till that for that to come. I already got my hat, and uh, we got a little. Coach Dallas did a great job. He found these jackets, uh, these old school jackets that, if you see on my Instagram page, uh, I got them on me and Coach Cross. So we got those, and we, we got the hat on, and the hat's already hanging up in my in my house. So nice. But I'm 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 waiting on that ring. I'm waiting on that ring. Nice. Well, congratulations, Coach, and um, I hope to see you up here sometime. Uh, I know you're in touch with my my guy Ryan Wallace a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'd love to maybe sit it so long and have a beer with you sometime. That sound that sounds great. Well, so long or lucha, you know, Kylie's Kylie's a lucha person. Oh, I that's love lucha right. Too, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably have to do lucha for her. Okay, I, I I'll sacrifice and do that. Okay, Tuesday peanut butter taco. <laughs> oh, you're just like my wife. Those things are awful. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, and then. Peanut butter tacos and a Nancy. I don't think you can go wrong with that. That's pretty Manhattan right there. Yes, it is. Thank you, brother. Great to talk to you. Yep, great talking to you. I appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye. Cody is such a nice dude. He's just such a good dude. And it's just amazing how life works out. And I have no doubt 
that Cody Cook is going to end up in a Power 5 conference as an assistant football coach. He will grind. He's got some of that Bill Snyder in him. He's taken a little of this and a little of that, and now we're seeing what happens. He's a great, great young coach, and I think he'd probably be a pretty nice addition to the Kansas State staff in some form. Hint, hint. Well, that's it for this edition of The Life of Fitz. I hope you enjoyed it. Cody was terrific. And, man, this is your weekly reminder. If you're 45 or older, make sure you get your PSA scored. The PSA is the best method of early detection of prostate cancer that we have. Finding out my PSA score may have saved my life, and it could do the same for you. Got a great guest for next week already in the works, and I will talk to you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.